0: One of the girls who was doing a tour, who's in really good shape, she was in the middle of her story, and this young kid drives by on a bicycle, grabs her cell phone out of her hand, and is riding down the street with her cell phone. She says to her crowd, excuse me, and she took off on foot, ran faster than the bike, grabbed him by his collar, threw him off the bike, stepped on his face, and said, don't you ever, ever, ever think about that again and she took her phone back and she walked back to her room and said where was i that's hardcore man yeah it is that's new orleans bro
1: hey i'm armando leduc producer film actor and owner of leduc entertainment i've chosen a life off the beaten path and wanted to find others that are doing the same spaghetti on the wall is a show based on all of the years that i've thrown spaghetti on the wall and nurtured what stuck we will share fun stories ideas tips tricks and more welcome to spaghetti on the wall Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening depending on when you're consuming this episode of Spaghetti on the Wall. Thanks for being here once again, Sydney Smith. That's me. With Haunted History Tours. That's me. Dude, if you guys don't know Sydney Smith, um this is going to be a this is going to be a really wild episode cuz this guy's wild. <laughs> this guy this guy's history has been just amazing and um i'm really looking forward to to this interview um right. and, and and hearing some of these crazy ass stories that you have maybe yeah. some you can share and some you can't and
0: i can share most of them. I, i'm you know i have nothing to hide i'm pretty much of an open book you know so uh, yeah at this stage of the game it's it's all open i don't care
1: there you go yeah I nothing to hide anymore so um i want to start off with uh with with your company haunted history tours when when it
0: started when did it start Haunted History Tour started in the mid-90s, 1995. Uh, we were the first uh, paranormal tour <clears throat> company in the city. We have spawned a ton of imitators, bottom feeders, the competitors, whatever you want to call them. But uh, we were the first. We started the whole thing with the ghost tour, and then we spawned out to, you know, vampire tours, cemetery tours, voodoo tours, crime tours, pub crawl tours. Crime tours? Oh, yeah. We have a true crime tour. It's all good. Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I didn't know that that was new. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's relatively new. We also have, um, we have about 10 or 12 different tours, both walking and riding tours. You know, we have a bus tour in the evening that takes people outside of the French Quarter. To haunted sites and graveyards in other parts of the city, and that's a very amazing tour. People take photos and get things in their photos all the time that weren't there. I mean, we encourage that. We encourage people to bring their cameras, take pictures. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but I'd say probably eighty percent of the people who take pictures of, of, of stuff will will have paranormal activity show up in their photos. That's cool, Sydney. Let me ask you a question. You you believe in ghosts? I think that there are are people that are more sensitive to paranormal activity than other people. I think some people see them, feel them, hear them, experience them on a regular basis. I'm not really one of those people, but Mm. I can guarantee you I've had my own experiences. It's just that uh, I know there's something out there. Uh, I don't know what it is. I know that uh, our tour participants share photos with us all the time, share stories with us all the time at the end of the tour. Things that could not possibly have been photoshopped or shown to us on their cell phones. Uh, just, you know, like this is what I caught on the tour. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm, one of the strangest, most amazing stories, that and this stands out in my mind of anything that I can remember that I can't really explain. But, you know, the Haunted History Tour is primarily geared to an adult audience I mean, it's not inappropriate for kids, but it's geared to an adult audience. The you know the the uh, demographic it generally attracts in adults. Well, uh, several years ago, I had a a single mother on the tour when I was giving a tour many many years ago, and uh, the the lady had a child with a six, seven, eight year old kid, and about thirty minutes into the tour, and he was the only child on the tour. And about 30 minutes into the tour, the kids started walking alongside of me, you know, asking me questions as we were walking down the street. Kids will gravitate toward the leader, you know, you figure, okay. So I was, you know, answering his questions, we were talking. About 30 minutes into that, the mother, who I, by the way, I had a full vision on the whole time. I I could see her in the back of the group, and while the child was standing next to me, you know, she was listening to the stories. The mother comes frantically running up. Have you seen my child? Have you seen my child? I said, He's right here. He's next to me you know, the whole time. And she looks at him and says, oh, my God, he was with me. He was, with me. He was just with me 30 seconds ago. And I'm thinking, no, no, he, he's been with me for about 30 minutes. And she looks at him in front of the whole tour group, and she says, why did you leave me? Why did you leave me? And the kid looks up at her in all honesty, and he says, because you were holding that other boy's hand, Mommy. Hmm, that doesn't make the hair on your neck stand up. Everybody in that group went, Whoa, ho, ho, ho. only child on the tour, true story, real answer. And that happened right outside the LaLaurie mansion, which if anybody out there is aware, the LaLaurie house is probably the most haunted uh, house in the city of New Orleans and possibly <coughs> in the state and possibly in the country. American Horror Story did a whole um, season on that didn't Nick cage own that place for a minute that's an interesting story too Nicholas Cage did own that house for a minute um, not too long because he, he lost it to taxes if that's not ridiculous enough but uh, he would go on Leno and Letterman and all the nighttime shows and talk about <clears throat> you know how he owned this, this haunted house in New Orleans but he would never stay there because there's just too many weird things went on in the house <clears throat> He also had a house in the garden district but he would never stay in the house in New Orleans in, in the French quarter well one night one of the tour guides, is doing a rendition of the house. It's a, it's a hell of a story. <laughs> and uh, you should come on the Haunted History Tour and take that story, hear that story. But uh, the tour guide is doing a rendition of the story, and he's going on about how Nicholas Cage now owns the house. This was years ago. And he says, but the Ghost ghostwriter has yet to spend one night here. And then from the balcony, uh, excuse me, I'm here tonight. And the tour guide looks up, the crowd looks up, it's Nicolas Cage, and the tour guide, of course, is extremely embarrassed because he just, you know, <laughs> kind of... <laughs> Put Nicholas Cage down a little bit, and the crowd goes wild. And Nicholas waves to the you know. But he took our tour several times. Actually, he uh, he would just show up as a customer. and I said, "You can't just stand in line here. We've got to take you on a tour of your own." You know, we, you know. And he says, "Why?" I said, "Because everybody's gonna be looking at you instead of the tour guide." You know. So, but yeah, we've had we've had a lot of celebrities uh, on the tour. They usually seek us out. Like if a rock group comes to town, you know. Somebody tell them, "You got to take the haunted history tour while you're here." So we give them a private tour.
1: That's we'd, cool. Mm-hmm um <clears throat> yeah i i think i'm with you on that as far as believing ghosts and you know i, I feel like if you're looking for it mm-hmm. and you're open to it then yeah. you're probably going to see it well it's just like voodoo uh
0: if, if somebody you know, <clears throat> voodoo is a real religion voodoo is actually practiced. but if you believe that bad things can happen to you they probably will um you know if you if you if you don't give it any credibility, then it probably won't. Like, you don't have to believe in ghosts, for instance, to enjoy the tour. I right. mean, you know, the tour is interesting and fascinating whether you believe in ghosts or not. I mean, we take you, this, first of all, this is not a Halloween spook house. You know, we're not having people jump out at you trying to scare you along the way. It's not campy. It's not weird like that. It's not cheesy. You're going to sites connected with real documented hauntings based on paranormal activity. Uh, psychics, mediums, the stories we tell you are very true. We do not make this stuff up. You know, the city's history is strange enough. We don't have to fictionalize it. It's true. Um, New Orleans is considered to be the most haunted city in the country. Uh, St. Augustine thinks they are, but Savannah thinks they are, but now we got it. Um, But, you know, when the original French settlers came here uh, in the 1700s, 1600s, they were warned by the Indians do not build a city here. This area is cursed But they built the city here anyway. And they had to deal with all kinds of stuff in the beginning, everything from snakes, hurricanes, uh, murder rate was high, cannibalism. uh, You know, it it was a bad situation. We had 27 yellow fever epidemics in the 1800s alone that killed thousands, tens of thousands of people. We've had a lot of death in a small area in a relatively short period of time. And that, that kind of thing, violent death and strong emotion, contribute to hauntings and paranormal activity. And they're still going on. We've had no shortage of it. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, some people say rest in peace, but what if you can't? Right. And that's what Haunted History Tours is all about. What if you can't rest in peace? We take it to the, the sites where people are still
1: tormented, know, tormented and tormented. Stay, staying around uh, to yes. try and fix things. Yep. That's... Yeah, that's, that's pretty creepy.
0: We have we have things show up on our tours, like I said, in photographs. People will experience stuff, and they'll tell us their own stories. Our grandma died 20 years ago, but she still comes to see our son at night at the bottom of the, his bed, and so, you know, just, you know... It, People have their own little tales, you know. We have um, a book that we came out with back in the mid '90s. Uh, We're the company that literally wrote the book on this stuff—haunted history tours. Uh, it's called. Um, that's right. That's this called, is the uh, one. New Orleans Ghosts, Voodoo, and Vampires. Check it out. Great book. Yep. Um, it's got uh, all the stories from the tours and a whole lot more. Um, you know, it's kind of Cliff Notes versions. It's not an entire full-blown, you know, story for each, other, but it's, it gives you the Cliff Notes kind of of uh, what went on in these locations, what still continues to go on there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to switch
1: gears here because um, I've been to your house and I've seen all of the, uh, the photographs that are on your walls of like everybody.
0: Yeah. I, 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 that was another career of mine. I've had several different careers in in my, in my time. Um, I became um, a rock and roll photographer at the young tender age of 15 years old. When my father died, left me a whole crop of photography equipment, uh, I didn't want to shoot pictures of flowers and weddings. I wanted to shoot rock stars. And uh, the very first band that I met when I was oh, 15, 16 years old was the Almond Brothers Band, who at the time... Were the biggest band in the world. Uh, well, actually, at the time... And I you met them here? Oh, yeah. I, I met them... Well, actually, when I met them, they were not the biggest band in the world yet. They were playing at the Tulane University Homecoming Dance. It was 1970, and they had been together for less than a year, and I had heard about... Where this. are they from? Macon, Georgia. Got it. And uh, that's where <clears> they <throat> were. Well, they were from, individually, all parts of the country, mainly the South, uh, and... Uh, the Allman Brothers had, had played New Orleans a few times at the Warehouse. The Warehouse was the club in New Orleans. If, for those out there who are not familiar with it, the Warehouse was the, for lack of a better word, the Fillmore East, Fillmore West, or the South. Uh, every band, from The Who to Bob Dylan, from, I mean, they all played the Warehouse, major acts. And it, the place was maybe held three or 4,000 people. It was a big old cotton warehouse on Chapatula Street. It was renovated into a concert hall. And it was outstanding. It was like, you know, and the Allman Brothers eventually became the house band at the warehouse. They played there more than anybody. But uh, when I went to see them originally, it was it was in 1970. I went to the uh, Tulane University homecoming dance as a teenager, saw this band, um, was amazed by them, and kind of just fell into their world. Never in a million years did I think that 50 years later I'd still have all their phone numbers in my my. You know, a dress book, and I'd have come out with a major uh, coffee table photo book on the band, which is um, to this day the. I mean, a few years ago, I came out with this book. It's an amazing, two hundred fifty six page hardcover photo uh, photo um, book on on the band with just amazing stuff in there: on stage, off stage, in the studio, the weddings, the funerals, at home with the families. You know, the whole thing. It's it's it. W- the unfortunate thing is. I haven't sold too many of these books to anybody under the age of 50 uh, because, uh, unfortunately, they're not as familiar with the Allman Brothers as they should be. Uh, In my opinion, the Allman Brothers Band was absolutely hands down the best band to ever come out of America. Uh, In the 70s, you know, you had Led Zeppelin, which was like the band of the world, you know, that was the band. But the Allman Brothers Band was the number one band in America. They opened up the Superdome in 1975. They, uh, they, if, in, in 1970, when I saw them, they were playing in a room, a small room at Tulane University for a homecoming dance. Less than three years later, they were playing in front of 600,000 people at Watkins Glen, New York, which is the largest concert ever, still has never been equaled, way bigger than Woodstock. 600,000 people at Watkins Glen, New York. It was simply the Allman Brothers headlining it, along with the Grateful Dead and the band, Bob Dylan's, you know, uh, band, the band, Robbie Robertson and Rick Danko. Um, and they drew 600,000 people. And it has never been equaled or even certainly not surpassed. But, um, but yeah, I, I, was in, I had a long rock star photo career. I've worked with everybody from Paul McCartney to Led Zeppelin and everybody in between, you know, all the major players back in the day, some of which were still on tour, like Springsteen. I've worked with Rod Stewart. I've worked with ZZ Top. I've worked with... Uh, you know McCartney, so on, but um, yeah, I've had you know, and certainly all the local people like Dr. John, Professor Longhair. You know, it's uh, I've, I've had my career. It's gotta, it's gotta be. You're born and raised in New Orleans. I was yeah. When you're born and raised in New Orleans, you're kind of sentenced to live here for life. You know, you don't, you don't get to go. I actually did leave to go for a while, worked with the Allman Brothers Band in Macon, Georgia. I also moved away for a while to start another business, an entertainment company, um, uh, where we, it was called Mary Minstrel. It was a singing telegram business, where, which was very popular back in the day. I would go to homes, offices, restaurants, bars, as everything from a singing telegram person to a male stripper i did everything wait wait hold on yes you heard me right wait you you did it oh yeah i was a i, I was a male stripper yes indeed you strip yes indeed i was i'm not afraid to say it was, all right i was damn good too. <laughs> wait so you sing too I wouldn't call it singing. I was, uh, you, you. it was an act. It was, uh, I never took myself seriously. I took right. the act seriously. I never took myself seriously. It was like, uh, you know, I called it a comic strip. You know, I'd go into people's homes, offices, restaurants for birthdays, anniversaries, divorces, whatever the case may be. I'd burst into a, embarrass the hell out of them uh, for whatever the occasion was. And then I would take off after they were completely embarrassed and pass my cards out to everybody, which was how, of course, I got more business in the future. God, I'd love to do that to, you know, cousin Joe or how much, how much? Oh, back in the day, it was like 20, 25 bucks. It was cheaper than a dozen roses, you know, to go in there and embarrass the hell out of your friend or family member. I mean, and it wasn't just limited to like, you know, cute little 21 year old girls. I mean, I, I, I'd burst into old folks homes and do an 80 year old lady's birthday. You know I mean? It's uh, it just depends. You had to know how to read a crowd. You know, I was probably, it was probably in my opinion at the time, probably the, the toughest acting job there was because you, you had seconds to walk into a location that you were not familiar with, uh, eyeball the crowd, know what's acceptable behavior, what you can get away with, what you couldn't get away with, ha- what kind of humor to use, whether is a family group or a bachelorette party or a, you know whatever the case may be, it, it could be vastly different from one party to another right and you just had to go in there and i mean i did everything from put on a fairy outfit like a little ballerina skirt and go in there to embarrass somebody to go put in a gorilla outfit a, a stripping cop or you know whatever the case may be uh, and i was i was very good at what i did <laughs> what was the name of it it was called Merry Minstrel M E R R Y like Merry Christmas, minstrel, am M-I, like a minstrel person. Yeah. And I would go in there with my kazoo and my little outfit and I would, you know, burst in and I wrote all my own songs. How uh, old were you? Oh, early 20s. Um, you know, like in my like 21, 22, 23, 24, you know, 20. I probably, How long did you do that for? 20 years. I, you did it for twenty years. I did it longer than anybody in the world, and I and I probably should be in the Guinness Book of World Records. I've probably delivered hundreds of thousands of singing telegrams, strippergrams, the whole thing. Um, it's kind of funny story <clears throat> about maybe about ten years ago, because uh, I'm way, way, way past my stripper prime, and um, stopped doing that, you know, ages ago. Um, but about ten years ago. Uh, i had a girlfriend who had wanted me to strip for her. You, know, had, you know she had a much younger girlfriend than i am currently now. in fact i have a a pension for dating much younger women but anyway so i had this girl she was in her 20s and um she was saying i want you to strip for me i said no sweetheart that was like years ago many pounds ago ain't gonna happen so she was turning i think 27 and, and her and her girlfriends were throwing her a little party in the french quarter and um and they said um would you? You know, they came to me. Would you? Would you strip for her? She, she would love to see. Her. I said, no. I, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. That. I, I, so they're pushing me. But I said, okay. How many people going to be there? And just a few of us, just a couple of girls, just her friends, you know. And nobody will see it, you know. And I said, all right, fine. So I went to the apartment earlier in the day, set up the boom box, and thinking to myself, okay, this, this is really going to be a comic strip, you know. I mean, I, I'm not in my prime anymore, but I'll do it as a joke, whatever. Yeah. So. When I burst in there that night, everybody I knew in life was in that damn apartment. Every single person. I came in with my sunglasses on, had the boombox on, and once the act begins, you can't turn it off. You gotta roll with it. Right, you gotta go. And behind my sunglasses, I'm seeing everybody I know in life in the French court. i like <laughs> so, but I went through it all, the whole thing, and then, um, you know, I left immediately. And by the time I got down the street to some other friends, they had already seen it on YouTube. (laughs) I mean, thank you very much. I mean, nothing that I have to be embarrassed. I I, I can say my life's an open book. I don't care. Um, But it wasn't exactly what I had planned for that evening. You know, it wasn't because people know me now. They don't know me in stripper in that in that as that person. Right. That's a that's a whole different personality, and it's one that I pulled from my past for that particular evening, but it's not something that, you know, Isn't that the same guy that owns Haunted history, Georgia? But, uh, how, how did you come up with this concept? Which one <laughs> I've been involved in many.
1: Well, the, the, this, you know, singing
0: telegram, you know, well, it, it was, I'm an actor. Okay. I'm, I'm a frustrated local actor. Nobody would discover me. So I had to discover myself. And at the time it, uh, I, I just, it was just something that, um, you know, everybody's celebrating birthdays. I just, I just had an idea, you know, and it worked and it worked and you take a risk, you know, I, um, I, there was a company in new Orleans that had just started doing this stuff. I was down on, on my luck at the time. Um, and I mean, I've been up to the, top of the mountain and down to the bottom of the barrel many times, up and down, up and down. I've been bankrupt. I've I've had good times, bad times. But at that particular time, I must have been, I don't know, 21 years old or something, 22. And I was down on my luck, and I saw this ad in the paper for um, singing telegrams. And I thought, well, that's odd. Uh, So I went to check on this situation, and I was the only one that applied. Nobody else applied for the job. It was this guy sitting in a little building on Chef Mentor Highway out in New Orleans East, and I thought it was a joke. I mean, I thought, well, but, you know, this doesn't look real at all. But I had nothing to lose, so um, he gave me this song to learn, and I went back a week later and sang it to him, and he said, you're hired. And I said, okay, well, uh, well, I just took I, I just took it beyond what it What it was, I I turned it into a a mini theatrical performance. I, you know, screw the song part of it. I mean, I I turned it into an act. And after doing this for a while for him, and being the only person doing it in town, everybody thought I owned the company, and I was getting all these write-ups in the newspaper. You know, Sydney Smith strikes again. You know the, and so I said, well, you know, I'm not. If if I if I compete with him, I'm going to put him out of business because I. I'm just much more motivated and focused and centered and grounded. And I, I know what I want to do and I know how I'm going to do it. And I was really running his business for him. So, you know, like anybody, I decided to branch out on my own, but I, but out of my ethics, morals, whatever, I didn't want to compete with him here in New Orleans because I knew I'd put him out of business and, you know, that's where <clears throat> got my, you know, beginning in that idea. So I moved to Baton Rouge and even though it's a small town, I, I opened it up there, and I was hugely successful. Ended up having dinner with the governor, his mansion, several times, and and you know I, I would go into every place from LSU to, to political functions. I mean, had a major major success in Baton Rouge doing it. And from there, I opened up franchises all over the country, in Florida and Indiana. Really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Stripograms and Haunted, uh, I mean, and um, Haunted, on, uh, you know, just singing telegrams, uh, birthdays, anniversaries, divorces, go to hells, get wells, first baby, second baby, whose baby, you know, whatever the case, baby, whatever the occasion was, (laughs) and always in a public location. That was where the person we get the most embarrassed. Uh, in fact, I met my second wife uh, doing these uh, strippograms um, I've been married more than a few times, unfortunately.
1: How many times have you been married? Uh,
0: <laughs> I've been married four times and I, I now having at least four girlfriends is much better than having four wives. It works out far better for me. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, Less expensive? Not necessarily. <laughs> not, but, but much more fun. Um, the... Um, the uh, the, the, the singing telegram career ended when I got too old to do it anymore. Basically, I, I did it in my opinion probably way too long. I did it into my early forties, and um, and the, I can pretty much remember the last the last one I did, and it was like, that's it. I'm hanging up the g string. Um, I went to do a stripgram for a girl's twenty first birthday party, which is not out of the norm. I did that all the time. But I was already starting to feel kind of self-conscious about, you know, the whole deal. And, uh, you know, I was getting older. Were you in good shape? I was in good shape and I did a damn good act too. Um, but, and everybody loved it. Even, even as in, in the waning years of, of me doing this, I was getting lots of compliments because it's all in how you portray your, you know, like I said, I never took myself seriously. I took the act seriously. I would go in there. It was a joke for me as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Um, But I went into this house party. It was a girl's 21st, her family, you know, the whole thing. And I did a great job, and she loved it. But as I was getting myself together and leaving, she runs up to me with this pack of photos. And she says, you, you're the same guy that did my mom. And I thought to myself, I'm hoping she's going to tell me I did her mom a couple of years ago, you know, for her mom's 40th birthday or something. Nope, nope. I am, she, the pictures she was showing me were me doing her mom when her mom was in her twenties. So I said, you know what? I'm hanging up the G string. I'm on second generation now. Um, you know, this is, that it. was it. Yeah, it was it pretty much. Yeah. So I did a few more after that, but that was pretty much the end of uh, the stripper Graham career. And I figured, you know what? I, I I'm, I'm in the French quarter. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, New Orleans is a, you know, convention city, uh, a major tourist destination. How do I reinvent myself? The tours, you know, uh, New Orleans is a major tourist city. What kind of tours do we need? Everybody loves a ghost story. New Orleans is considered to be the most haunted city in the country. Let's make it happen. I started haunted history tours in 1995, and um, didn't look back. But you know, one, you know, I think one of the uh, questions you might you had asked me earlier, uh, before I got here was what courage, what, what, you know, I think it's something about what, what's the most courageous thing you've ever had to do. Open a business. That's it. You know, you invest all the money you saved up into opening a business and having the faith, you know, that that business is going to work and you never know. Look, there, there've been certain, there've been certain, um, tours, which I've created, which haven't worked. I mean, I tried to do a pirate tour. That didn't work. You know, New Orleans is not really the pirate town, even though you think it it would be with, you know, Jean Lafitte and all that stuff. But St. Augustine is more of a pirate town. That might work well there. Um, A music tour. I tried that. It just didn't draw the same kind of thing. An art tour didn't draw the same thing. So, you know, the things that worked for me are the ghost tours, the vampire tours, the, the true crime tours, things like that, and certainly a pub crawl tour in New Orleans. You know. I, I resisted the pub crawl tour for a long time because, you know, we have enough drunks on our tour as it is. I didn't really want to encourage it, but... Uh, but that's a popular thing. They like being taken to bars. We take them to out-of-the-way locations, all haunted locations, too. It's not just a typical pub crawl, but each bar we go to has a haunted history attached to it. Um, Was that lo- what do they
1: look like at the end of that tour?
0: Oh, they look sh**-faced. <laughs> How long is the tour? All of our tours are about two hours <clears throat> long. All of our tours run about two hours, but it's not two hours of walking. It's a two-hour tour. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think, "Man, this is a two-hour walking tour." You know, it's not a hike. It's a very leisurely stroll. You know, we're talking blocks, not miles. You know, right. You walk a block, you hear a story, you see a sight. Walk a block, hear a story, see a site. It's not, um, yeah. You know, it, it's a it's a leisurely stroll.
1: Yeah, they do. They y'all do a really good job.
0: And we also stop at a haunted uh, bar along the way for a, a sit-down break. You know, so people can you know have a drink or use restroom, whatever. And we have a nighttime tour that takes people outside of the French Quarter, the bus tour, uh, to locations like graveyards, haunted graveyards. We don't, we're, we're only the only company that is allowed in those uh, graveyards at night.
1: So hmm. How do you stay motivated and, and driven when, you know, like, I mean, you still, you're still up and doing things and, you know. Um, living life and
0: well I'm, I'm I'm I just have this I'm Peter Pan you know I don't want to get old <laughs> you know uh once you what's the old saying you know you you um you don't have you don't get old when you uh you don't stop having fun when you um get old you get old and you stop having fun mm. and that is my theory um I, I try to reinvent myself all the time you know I've been everything from a photographer of rock stars to a male stripper to the owner of Haunted History Tours, creating ghost tours and and crime tours and vampire tours. And my original idea in starting Haunted History was to, you know, find individuals similar to myself with a acting, if not an acting background, certainly acting desire, you know, who, like frustrated actors who perhaps, you know, uh, like myself, maybe nobody would discover. So you had to discover yourself and invention and people, you know, the the, the people that work for me for the most part do fit that, you know, role. They make the stories come alive. Um, It's not a simple like, all right, folks down the block, we have the St. Louis cathedral and across the street, we have Jackson square. You know, we, we want the stories to come alive. We want people to go walk away going, wow. You know, and they do, you know, when they leave our tours, they do, they, they have questions. They want to know more. They come back and take our tours here and, Year again, you know, with their families, if somebody comes in from Chicago and they, you know, they come back with their, you know, their family, you know, next year, say, this is the greatest tour you ever seen. And Haunted History Tours not only wrote the book on the stuff, I literally wrote the book on the stuff, but we are... um We've been we work with media on a regular basis. A and E History Channel, Travel Channel, has gone on record as calling us a must do. You know, if you're visiting New Orleans, do not miss the haunted history tour. Yeah, um, yeah we've had a variety of things you know happen to guests on the tour as well. Yeah, they share our story. The stories with us.
1: How do you manage the creatives? Because I you know I have a band and 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 I know how to. I know how hard it is to manage creatives. How how do y'all do it? Meaning exactly
0: what? What are you referring to exactly?
1: Well, in terms of like you know the the, the quality, right? Because you guys well, pride well, our, pride
0: yourselves on that. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, if, if 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 a tour guide is slipping in any manner, shape, or form, believe me, I'll hear about it. You know, I mean, uh, the tour guides, as I said are all creative in their own right. I mean, we don't hire duds. I mean, the the people... And and this, too, is a tough acting job. Just like I was saying that the singing telegram business was tough, this is, too, because you do not have the same comfort as, say, an actor on stage surrounded by four walls in a theater. Uh, In this situation, you know, you're on the street. It's guerrilla theater, basically. You're dealing with... Um, noisy garbage trucks, motorcycles, um, uh, drunken tour patrons, uh, gutter punks, uh, you know, angry French quarter residents who think you're disturbing them and their their quality of life. And just any number of disturbances could go on in the street and um, they have to be prepared for that. So that is almost a tougher acting job than the previous one I described, because you, you do have to be and. You know, you get some people that are threatening the tour guides on the street or uh, you just have to be prepared for stuff. And and New Orleans is, you know, unfortunately becoming Crime City USA. Hmm. And that's a big challenge to us also because the crime is a situation that's unfortunately driving tourism out of the city. And that is bad, real bad.
1: It is bad. How?
0: What do you... (laughs) What are we doing to mitigate that? You don't want to know. <laughs> I'd get myself in trouble for. No, honestly, we have to have a change in this administration. It's it's got to go. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, um, it's it's a situation where um, we live in a town right now. Where the garbage isn't being picked up, the street lights aren't working. You call 911. You get a voicemail. You go to city hall. The elevators are broken. You get in your car. If you if you don't sink into a pothole uh, and ruin your car, you'll you'll get carjacked and killed. You know it's 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 absurd. We're living in a in a horrible situation right now in this town with the crime. We live in a way in, in quite a bit of a banana republic. You know here, and it's a shame. I mean, I was born in the city. I wasn't imported. I was born here. Mm-hmm. I've seen this town change, you know, go from good to bad, ugly. I've seen crime in this town over the years, but I've never, ever, ever seen anything like this. Really? I've been held up on my own front porch before at gunpoint. Have you? Absolutely. And I live in a good neighborhood. There's no safe neighborhood in this town. You've been held up at gunpoint? At gunpoint. At, at your house? At my house, on my own front porch. Yeah. Damn. I've had, uh, you know, I've, I've had several situations ha- happen to me, you know, and I'm still walking and talking. Um, but uh, I, it's gotten to the point where I'm, you know, I mean, I'm prepared for anything that is thrown my way. And it's a shame. It's really a shame you have to live like that. But it is what it is. <laughs> it I, mean, is I what did. it is, Things yeah. Things have happened to our tour guides on the tour. You know, uh, one kind of funny story, one of the girls who was doing a tour uh, who was in really good shape, um, she was in the middle of her story, and this young kid run, drives by on a bicycle, grabs her cell phone out of her hand and is riding down the street with her cell phone. And this girl is in great shape. She's a runner, she's you know she works at. She says to her crowd, "Excuse me." And she took off on foot, got a hole, ran faster than the bike, grabbed him by his collar, threw him off the bike, stepped on his face and said, don't you ever, ever, ever think about that again. And she took her phone back and she walked back to her room and said, where was I? That's hardcore, man. Yeah, it is. That's New Orleans, bro. It is. it is. Oh my god! I mean, look. You know, you don't. I mean, I don't even honk my horn for people <clears> if, <throat> if, if you know. You never know, somebody's gonna walk out of their car with a gun and shoot you. You know, you honk the, your horn. You know, it's like we live in a in a very dangerous you know world right now. You know. Uh, yeah. And yeah. And New Orleans, unfortunately, has become murder capital of the country. That's fact.
1: Yeah, it's been murder capital before, though, right?
0: Several times, I feel. I think we were close, but not to this degree. I mean, you know, like, you know, a city like New York has way more people and they have way more killings and stuff, but we have far less people for, per capita. We are the murder capital. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it is absolutely, absolutely having an effect the crime is having an effect on tourism. I mean, I've had several school groups cancel for private tourists because the parents don't want the kids in a town that, you know. I mean, the French Quarter at least used to be a safe area, you know. The, but now Bourbon Street has become a shooting gallery, you know. Yeah. Who wants to go to yeah. a city where, you know, you got to get off the plane with a bulletproof vest on, you know. Yeah. I've, I've been quite reluctant to, to have this kind of conversation, you know, um, online or on, with the media, and I've been – You know, I do a lot of interviews with media, and I've kind of stayed away from this subject because I really don't want to discourage people from coming to New Orleans. But the fact of the matter is, we have a problem here. We have a major, major problem here, and if it's not dealt with soon, it's we might as well kiss tourism goodbye. And that's the driving force. You know, that's the major economic flow to this state of the city. yeah. Yeah, and and the city is 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 the draw for the state. You know, I mean, the, st- the state certainly has many other areas, uh, you know, uh, you know, Cajun country, all that, but, but, but New Orleans is the tourism draw.
1: Sydney. What a pleasure. The, the stories were, uh, the stories were crazy. Um, and I, I expected nothing less. I was, I was, I was, I was ready for it. Yeah, so
0: I'm, 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 yeah, I'm happy to come anytime. Talk to you about anything you want to talk about. Um, Heck yeah, man. The, Almond uh, Allman Brothers book <clears throat> is really good. So. Yeah.
1: Check out the book, yep. obviously, the uh, the other book. Haunted the, the History Tours. Yep. Haunted History Tours book and the Haunted History Tours. Actually, go ahead and look into this uh, camera over here and
0: let them know where they can find you. Hauntedhistorytours.com is the website. Uh, just go to hauntedhistorytours.com and all the tours can be booked directly on the website. Uh, my photos can be accessed at rockstarphotos.net. Rockstarphotos.net. And the Alman Brothers book, uh, if you're interested in that, can be uh, found out about on Almond Brothers Book by SydneySmith.com. And Sydney is S I D N E Y because sometimes people spell my name S Y D, which is the female version of the name. So ah, it's one of those things you know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, but it's. Um, or you could go to Photos.com. There you go. SydneySmithPhotos.com rockstar dot all my brothers history. book by yeah. sydney smith.com and haunted, haunted history, history tour. com. that's the main mm-hmm. thing haunted history tours is without a doubt the number one ghost tour company in the country everybody else has, has copied us uh, but that's okay you know they say well, they say uh flattery and all that good stuff
1: yeah um what Imitation it's is the fault. highest form of That's right. flattery. But, uh, we are the ones. So, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. That's Sydney Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to Spaghetti on the Wall, brought to you by LaDuke Entertainment for all of your digital marketing needs, social media, videos, the whole nine. And uh, we'll see you guys next time on uh, anywhere where you can find a podcast. Appreciate you.